Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of the Lord. Thank you for reading that, Elizabeth. That's a wonderful passage. One of my uh, respected friends and colleagues and I were talking about this passage this week, and he said, did you notice that this passage falls right after Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, which is what we talked about last week. So the message of the Good Samaritan is to do something, to be a good neighbor, to care for those who are marginalized and hurting and wounded. The message of today's scripture is less do something than sit there. Do you see how Jesus, the non-dualistic Jesus, is lifting up both of these as a value that we Christians are trying to hold together? The message from the Good Samaritan story is, don't just sit there, do something. The message of Mary and Martha is, don't just do something, sit there. That's why we have this chair as the metaphor for us today. Followers of Jesus sometimes need to just sit there. Some Christians are calling it a daily sit. Some call it prayer, some call it meditation. But many are now calling it a daily sit for a certain amount of time to just sit in God's presence. Mother Teresa was once asked, how do you pray? She said, well, I just sit with God. And the interviewer said, what do you say? And she said, I don't say anything. And the interviewer said, well, what does God say? And she said, God doesn't say anything either. And the interviewer said, I don't understand. And she said, I know. (laughs) I told you last week the story of Joan Chittister. Someone came up to Joan, who's been a follower of Jesus all her life, one of the great justice seekers of the world. And the, the person said to Joan, I don't pray anymore. And Joan said, neither do I. And the person said, you don't? You're a follower of Jesus. You're supposed to pray all the time. She said, yeah, well... I don't pray the way I used to pray and probably the way you understand prayer. I just sit and breathe in God. And my hope is that when I leave that time of sitting, I will be able to breathe out something of God. That's good. The world needs us to breathe in God and to breathe something of God out into the world. Martha is feverishly working in the kitchen. 
probably banging pots and pans as if to send a message to Jesus and Mary in the other room. Would you please help me? Have you ever done that? <laughs> She's very in touch with her needs. She says to Jesus, would you tell Mary to get in here and help me out? Jesus says to Martha, 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 he says her name twice. That's a term of endearment, to say, to say to Martha, I know who you are, and I love you. But he says to Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. Now notice, Jesus does not say Mary has chosen the best part. He says Mary has chosen the better part. The best part. Part. The best way is to sit and listen, to sit with Jesus, to be in Jesus' presence, to be still, and then to go out into ministry. It's not either or, it's both and. It's not either or, it's both sitting and being in action. Do you see the, the balance of following Jesus? From the Good Samaritan story to Mary and Martha, it is doing and sitting and doing some more and sitting some more. Those of you who uh, have been on RISE, let me just ask, how many of you have ever been on the ministry of RISE? Would you just raise your hand and look around? Oh yeah, there's a good number. What is Monday called? Mosey Monday. Why is it called Mosey Monday? Because we mosey. That means we're doing a little bit more sitting than we are hammering. We're moseying because we've got to build some relationships with our homeowners and our new friends and our team. And the practical purpose is the lumber hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> so sometimes we have no choice but to mosey and to sit. This week we were sitting in the shade because it was so hot. There are times when even later in the week we need to sit, not only to rest, to drink some water or Gatorade, but to figure out what we're doing. I was on a site on Tuesday and we were on the demolition site. We thought it would be an easy job. A couple of sledgehammers, a couple of cuts in the right places, and this addition would just fall down. We were mistaken. <laughs> John Palm and I were up on the roof that Tuesday morning. It was already in the mid-80s in the morning. We had a couple of sawzalls and a couple of different sawzall blades. We thought, well, we'll just take this section at a time. We'll flip it up and off the house. The rest of the team will put it in the dumpster. After the second sawzall blade didn't work, we realized this might not be as easy as we thought. And we had to stop and get off the roof and think about this and talk about it. 
And I don't know about you, John, but I was doing a little bit of praying <laughs> while we were on the roof because it was so painfully hot when we sat on the roof, but we weren't quite sure how this was going to work and if we could do this. There were moments where we didn't know if we could do this. Absolutely. But after some sitting time, some conversation, some listening to various ideas, we came up with a plan that ultimately worked. It took the rest of the week to take that building down. And then Friday, with the help of all of the, our teams, we put up a deck that was just uh, beautiful and functional and um, we got the job done, but it took some sitting after hitting the wall of being stymied, befuddled, and frustrated. We also learned this week, as we learn every week, how important it is to sit and be present to the families. One team had a number of children on site, and as the days went on, those children had such a good time with our youth. I remember seeing Chris Marr, the, one of the little girls, she was maybe four, would come up to Chris and either hug his leg and not let go, or take his hand and Chris would one arm pull her up in the air, much to her delight and giggling. I think you'll see pictures of that. Chris and Junaid, by the way, let me just give you two a shout out. This is your senior year. You have been doing this for years, and this was your last year. Maybe you'll go back as, as staff, but well done, you two. Well done. Some of the relationships between the children of our family and our youth were so profound that midweek, we were packing up in the afternoon, and some of the little girls said to some of our team, uh, where are you going? And we said, well, we've got to go back to the school for showers and dinner. And the little girl said, well, you can stay with us for dinner. In fact, you can spend the night. We've got plenty of room. You can stay here, and then... When morning comes, you can wake up, we'll be with you, we'll be able to play. In fact, you all could just move in here and stay with us forever. And whenever we need any work done, you'll be right there. We can. <laughs> Do you hear the love that the Holy Spirit knit together on that work team and on the other work team where Sandy was by the end of the week making lasagna and calling you back for lunch because we were present to each other. We could have gone in as contractors do and say, here's the job, we're going to get this job done. But that's not what ministry is about. Ministry is about building relationships. It's about being present, radically present to one another. It's about Mary sitting in the presence of Jesus and really listening with singular focus. There are times, followers of Jesus, that we need to do that not only with God, but with one another. We need to 
put our agenda, our busyness, our demands aside and just be present to one another. Maybe we need to do that as family members to one another. Maybe we need to do that as Christian community. We're all busy here. We all have so many things to do in this great church, but sometimes we may need to just sit like Mary and Jesus and be present to one another. No meeting, no agenda, no work project, but to just listen. I know sometimes I, as a pastor, become so busy that I may not be present to people with whom I need to be present. And so I want to give an, a blanket invitation to any of you who need me to be present to you. Let me offer you some innocuous code words. If you say to me, Jeff, can we have iced tea or coffee sometime this summer? I will take that as your, will, your wish for me to just listen to something you want to talk about. Invite me over for iced tea. Invite me all over for iced coffee. Or we'll go out to some diner or coffee place. Or send me an email and say, Jeff, can we just have some iced tea sometime? Let me know. And I will have no agenda other than to be present to you. Who do we need to be present to? Who do you need to be present to? I don't know who that is, but maybe you came to church this morning to be reminded that someone in your life, someone in your workplace, someone in your circle of friends, someone in your neighborhood needs you to simply be present to them, to listen, to not try and fix their problems, to not try and figure things out, but to just be present. This may not be easy but it may be the most profound ministry we have. Perhaps you came to church this morning to hear the reminder that God simply wants us to be present. We don't need to do anything to please God. God is pleased with us right where we are. Martin Buber, a great Jewish theologian, says there are only two themes in the Bible, just two. God's omnipresence, that God is present everywhere, and our human resistance to that presence. Let me say that again because we're all a part of this. The themes of the, the Bible, Hebrew Scriptures and New Testament, is all about God's presence, and it's all about our resistance to that presence. Why are we resistant? I don't know. But I know it's hard to sit for any amount of time just with God. Because we think we're supposed to be doing something. Or because we think we're not worthy. Or because we think we're not loved. God loves us more than I can possibly say to you. God loves us so much that God sent God's only Son to be present to us so that we might be present to Him. 
And so that love might transform us to make a difference in the world, to make this world a more compassionate place. Perhaps God is calling us to simply and profoundly be present to God wherever that is, and God is everywhere. And perhaps then we'll be more able to be present to one another and to those we are called to be in relationship with. May it be so for you and for me and for the church throughout the world. We pray in Christ. Amen.